Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody out this morning. If you want to stand to your feet, we're going to start our service with praise and worship. We hope that you're well this morning as you come out to church. And if you're not, we hope that you're better by the end of this service because we believe that our God is going to come and he's going to move and he's going to speak to us. He has something fresh and new for us this morning as we come to praise his name.
just rise at Easter but Jesus is risen and alive this morning
come around your table, Lord. We thank you for the cross, Lord. Where will we be without it? Church, you can take your seats as we come around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. No young scad has just asked you to take your seats. I was going to do something different, which we don't normally do. And could we just all stand? Church, if you can just take your seats, please. <laughs> A lovely week last weekend in church and I'm sure we've had a, a lovely week relaxing enjoying the sun and people in work tomorrow will be saying well what did you do since the last time we've seen you Francie and I was saying well I had a lovely time in the presence of God in church over the Easter weekend and I enjoyed his his provision over the week and his blessing and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and there'll be a smile from ear to ear and I just pray and I just uh, I just pray that they see Jesus in me because we've been in the presence of God and we do this every Sunday not just Easter weekend but we elevate Christ in all of our meetings we look to the cross in every Sunday morning meeting we thank God in every meeting for His grace and His mercy, His provision, His great plan of salvation. That's why we're here. Oh, and I survey. I don't know what that looks like to you. But when I survey the old rugged cross and I, I see my Christ there on the cross that He hung for me, I held the serving sinner. I come with my praise and with my worship. I can't wait to get around the table to give Him thanks give him all the honor and all the glory so maybe just in a in reverence maybe this morning we could just close our eyes and let's just survey the cross in our hearts and what, what that means to you and to me as we take the cup as we take the wafer as we take the juice and if you love and serve the Lord this morning, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, even though you're a visitor with us today, please feel free to take off the emblems this morning. And if not, just let it sit. But we're just coming this morning. It's the part of God's family. As we come around the table, that's what we're doing. We're surveying the wondrous cross. The one who left heaven's splendor and glory come down to this sin-cursed earth to give us life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's just all close our eyes and bow our heads and just in that moment. In the quietness of our hearts, let's start to worship God. I know we've done that with our lips this morning. In the quietness of our own hearts, let's do it. Let's praise and worship him. And I just want to, as we're doing that, I just want to read from Psalm 18. And you see, David sang to the Lord these words. When the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, especially from the hand of Saul. This is what he says. I love you, O Lord. This is what the Lord means to David. You are my strength. Lord, you are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. Here's David. And he says, my God. Church, we have come this morning to come around the table. And what a privilege to say, my God. My God. It's not lovely. It's not personal. It's not amazing. That the God of all creation, who spoke everything into existence, that we can have a relationship with Him and say, My God. Can you say that this morning in this place? Can you say, My God? 
I pray before you leave this morning that you can't say that. My God. And then he carries on. He is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. Wow. What words? There's a lot of my's there. This is a personal relationship that David had with God and what God meant to him. But I just, I just love that two words. My God. And if God is your God, as I said, you know Jesus as your Savior, we're going to take of the emblems. You may take your seats. First three says, I call to the Lord. Who is worthy of praise. And I am saved. We're saved this morning. What are we saved from? We're saved from the wrath which is to come. That that wrath of God that which was upon us, Christ took it on the cross. Church, we're saved. David was saved. Church, we're saved this morning. Oh, that's lovely. Blessed be the name of the Lord. David says, I am saved from my enemies. Do you know what? We were enemies to God as well. David had enemies. And we were enemies to God. Because it says in Romans 5, 10, for a while we were God's enemies. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. David was saved from his enemies, church. We were enemies to God, but he has saved us. He has reconciled us to himself through his son. And church, this morning as we come around the table, we can say with all assurance, my God. Isn't that beautiful? There's the hearse going up in the back of my neck again. And I haven't much hair. <laughs> my God. I think God's beautiful. My God. I want you to listen to Pastor Reese this morning as he brings us God's word. He studied, he studied hard all this week. And I hope you remember what he says and take notes. But remember this. If it's only two words. My God. My God, blessed be your name. So we're going to come around the table. We read in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when given thanks, he broke and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me let us pray church father god we thank you that we have the privilege this morning to come into your presence to worship you lord not just from our lips but from our hearts and to proclaim in this place that you are our god my god thank you for the personal relationship that we have in christ because of the finished work at Calvary that Christ laid down his life for us and as we take this bread together Father God we do indeed remember and to give thanks and reflect as we survey the wondrous cross oh Lord we're so thankful this morning my God my stronghold, my shield, my strength, my deliverer, my help, my hope. So Lord, bless every head bowed in your presence as we take the bread together, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Blessed be your name, Lord. 
And after the same manner also, he took the cup. And made up saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This day as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. Father God, we thank you for your body that was broken, ripped apart, whipped, kneeled, lashed, beaten, and your blood that was shed to give us life, abundant life, and Lord, for the hope that is to come, eternal life. Oh, Lord, what a privilege it is to sit in your presence this morning and just to reflect, to remember, to give thanks as a group of your people together in one accord, in one mind, with one purpose, to elevate you above everything else because you alone are worthy. Accept of our thanks, I pray in Jesus' name.
by at the cross, God, as we come around to hear the message from your pastor, Lord. Would you speak to us? Would you help us to keep our eyes focused on the cross of Jesus Christ this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, go ahead. Praise God. If there's any kids in the room, they can head out. And um, church, just want to be obedient to what I believe God is doing in this house today, in this moment. And as um, Stephen said, I have studied, I do have notes, um, which hopefully I will get to. But there's, there's just something that I want to do first. Um, you know, last, last week, Pastor Matt, he got up and he shared part of his story. And, and Stephen was um, sharing there, and he was talking about the idea of being able to claim the fact that we are God's, that it is my God. You know who else said that? It was Christ. He, he was obedient to his father. His father was his God. He says, my God, countless times in the scriptures. And you know, Pastor Matt was sharing last Sunday night, and he was sharing a bit of a story. And um, for those who, who weren't there, I know he, he, he shared this a little bit before, but this is resonating with me today. And um, he shared how he, 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 had a, he had a vision, basically. He, he, he had a vision um, around the time that he would commit his life to God. And, and what had happened was when he saw this, when he saw this picture, he was underground. He was, he was under like a manhole cover, and he was filthy. He was covered head to toe. He, 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 was, he was filthy. He was, he was dirty. And, and what he sees at the top of those ladders is he sees Christ waiting there, ready to cleanse him, ready to clothe him, ready to give him a new start ready to give him a new life, ready to change his life. And you know, I just feel that at the beginning of this message today that there are some people who are climbing that ladder. That ladder, it feels, it, it just feels like you're climbing and climbing and you know that there's something at the top but you can't get there. And you know what? The longer you're on it, the, the more dirty you get, the more stinking you get, the more things begin to gather. And I just feel like today that there are, there are some people who just want to get to the top. You've been on this journey a long time. You're in a season where you're carrying all of this, where you're wearing all of this, and Christ would tell you that you do not need to wear that, that he has clothes for you. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for those people. I don't know the season that anybody is in, but I just know that I believe that God, he wants to breathe something new into you. He wants you to leave that behind. The top is there. Christ is waiting for you. He has new clothes for you. He is ready to cleanse you of all of that. And I don't know whether maybe you're somebody who has been on the journey with God. And, and you just feel it in your Christian life. You've let things slip and you've got to a point where you're like, I, it's, it's, it's a struggle for me to be here. It feels wrong that I'm here with the mess that I'm in. And can I tell you, those are the things that we need to bring to God. Those are the things that we need to leave at the feet of Jesus. And if that's not um, a decision that you've ever made before, if you don't call God, my God, if you've, if you've never become a Christian, if you've um, never been saved, then can I encourage you that once again, new life is waiting for you and today is the day. It's been long enough. You've been climbing long enough. You don't need to hear any more encouraging messages. You don't need to hear um, any more amazing songs. You don't need to see some sign on the road as you're driving down the motorway. Today is the day of salvation. It is now. So I just want to pray for those people. Can I ask everybody to close their eyes? I just want to pray. 
Actually, do you know what, Athena, can I ask you to pray? Is that okay? Can I ask you to pray for those people? I'm going to give you the microphone, Athena. Just as Reese was talking there, in my heart, I just, I just felt him lose my voice. I just felt in my heart that he's not just talking about those who aren't saved. There's people who feel so guilty from things that they're carrying. And he says to you, what Reese was saying there this morning is he's here to cleanse and make you whole this morning. And we do not need to carry the guilt and condemnation because the word of God says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Do you know what? God knows your heart. He sees your heart. He sees where you're at. You do business with him right now. I'm going to pray with you. Father God, you know our hearts, you know my heart, you know the murk and the mire that is there. You know the hearts of your people, Lord God. And Father God, you bring us to the place of holiness, to the place, Father God, where we have to get on our knees. Father God, where we have to trust you, we have to ask for forgiveness. And Father God, you know each of our hearts. Father God, you know those people that are climbing ladders today, Lord God, and they're climbing and they're climbing and they're climbing. And I pray, Father God, for those people. And I ask you, Lord God, that you let them know that, Father God, their hearts are being renewed, are being cleansed when they call upon the name of Jesus. Father God, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Father God, her way, her way, Lord God, her way in your eyes. We are your children, Lord God, whom you died for. And so, Father God, I pray for these people this morning. I pray for myself. I pray for our pastor this morning. Oh, Father God, this, this word that he has brought, prophetic word that he has brought before your people, Lord God. Oh, Holy Spirit, just touch our lives, change our lives, bring to the forefront what is the murk and the mire that you don't want in our lives, Lord God. And so, Father God, I pray for each person here. The Father God, that they would realize they are children of God, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, for those who do not know you, Father God, that they would come to know you as Lord and Savior today. Oh, Lord, God be with your people. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are here. There's a, there's a presence of God in this house this morning. Oh, Father God, thank you that you're here, that you don't do things that aren't normal. But Father, you come in in your time. Father God, we pray over Pastor Reese, and we ask you, Lord God, that you anoint him as he preaches your word, Lord God. Oh, Father God, he's here week in and he's here week out. And what a privilege it is to serve in this community, in this church, Lord God, and in this house. Father God, give a fresh anointing to your people, to him this morning. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Athena. I've been given the message, as you can see, because we've been looking at the cross. We've been on the journey to the cross. And, and of course, everything that's said today, it, it points to that. It, of course, it fits. And I just feel like today that there, there is a decision to be made. There's a line to be drawn for people. This, this is a moment that that you need to move forward with and you need to decide that, that, that you are choosing the cross, that the cross is before you and the world is behind you. And we've sang that chorus before and it says no turning back. So that's it. Once this line is drawn, once you move from this moment, there is no turning back for you. That's it. You move forward with God. You move forward with Christ. Because you know what? On the cross, it, we're going to sing later that the Father turned his face away from God. That is something that, sorry, the Father turned his face away from his Son. And that's something that Christ endured on the cross, that his Father would turn his face away. That's something that we can take hold of. Because you know what? The Father turns his face away, but Christ and God, they have never once turned their back on you. It's the complete opposite, because the Father turns his face 
face away. And what he does with that is he says, this is the moment. There's no turning back from this. This is the once and for all sacrifice for them all. This is the moment. This is the time. You accept what Jesus has done on the cross. The message of the cross, there's no turning back. I actually later on have six points that I'm going to share, and that's not even one of them. I haven't even got the introduction, church. You're going to have to bear with me. The message of the cross is there's no turning back from God from this moment. And you know, church, the message of the cross is also that it does not stop. When I say that we move forward, when I say that we carry on, it's funny, Scott was sharing there and he was saying about how this, um, this Easter week has almost come to an end. And it's like we go through these wee seasons and it's like God's good for an Easter week. And then after that, it's like we don't really know what to do with ourselves. Listen, the provision of God does not stop. What Christ did on the cross for you, it does not stop. Christ's love for you does not stop. The race that we run, it does not stop. It is one for eternity, church. That's what's promised to us. The message of the cross is that while we were still sinners, while we were in the state that we were in, Christ died for us. He wants you as you are because then, then he can take the credit, he can take the glory for who you will become in him, what he does in your life. Church, we've done the journey to the cross and, and it comes to a completion today. It finishes today. And uh, we have a service later tonight as well. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm sure on, on the message of the cross, Pastor Matt will be speaking later and Rob Kenny is going to be sharing tonight as well on what the cross means to him. I hope he is or else I've just thrown him under the bus. I think he is. I'm near sure he is. And yeah, church, um, we've been doing the journey to the cross and, and we looked at the purpose, the person, the preparation, the punishment, the power, the hope, the resurrection. And today, this morning, we look at the message of the cross. And throughout that time, we've obviously had this wonderful cross on the stage behind us, on the platform behind us, on the wall. And, you know, it's not just there as a nice decoration. The cross isn't just central to our theme, it's central to our faith. The cross is the central element of our faith. It is the most important symbol of our faith because it represents the message that is at the heart of the gospel. The gospel in a nutshell is that, and God forgive me for putting the gospel in a nutshell, who am I? but that Jesus Christ would die on the cross to pay for our sins. The cross is central to that message. Everything before it would go to it. Everything after it comes from it. The cross is at the center of it all, and it fulfills everything that was said about Christ. When Christ died on that cross, on that day, and then three days later, he would rise from the grave. Everything he said about himself, everything that was said about him, that was predicted, that was foretold, it's all true. And when he rose, when he died on the cross and when he rose from the grave, then that tells us that he is who he said he is. And we have something that we need to do with that. Church, when I was doing um, my, my research, my studying for today, um, this quote kept coming up in a few different um, places. And it was from this well-known American preacher. 
It's always Americans, isn't it? It's like it's a well-known American preacher, but it must be the least famous well-known preacher that I've ever heard of, because I keep doing this research, and I can't find who said it. I don't actually even know where it was said, either in America, in Australia, somewhere beginning with an A. I don't know what the crack is, but listen, you'll have to give me a bit of preacher's license. I've done my research, I've given it a go, but yeah, the quote's going to come up behind me here. And it says this, don't tell people about the cross. It doesn't work. That's why the Franklin Graham Crusades are no longer effective. Just tell them that God loves them and has a plan for them. You see, church, the crux of his advice was that the message of a crucified Jew is ridiculous to the modern mind. So move on to something better. A crucified Messiah is stupid, but promise them prosperity, give them emotional experiences, provide them with self-esteem, then you'll fill the pews. You see, church, this postmodern preacher's thinking, it points me to a verse in 1 Corinthians 1, 18, because it's so often, it's easy to think that the idea of the cross is ridiculous that it is, it's a silly message to share. And if we share something encouraging and something motivational, then yeah, we might fill some chairs, but what are we filling them with? Or what are people filling themselves with? And there's this verse, as I said, it makes me think of this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, to the Greeks of his day, the message of the cross, it, it lacked intellect. When, when this was being written, it, it didn't meet the sophisticated standard of philosophical wisdom. They scoffed, they scorned, and they shunned this message, the message of the cross. And we know that the Jews rejected Jesus as the Messiah. He wasn't who they thought he was going to be. That's not their idea of a king. They were looking for someone else. Something else. Something that wasn't him. It just, it, it didn't seem to resonate with him. It didn't make sense. They weren't looking for this lowly, uneducated Galilean from the despised village of Nazareth who was crucified like a common criminal. Their whole expectation of the Messiah was that he would come and crush the Gentiles. And you can read in Psalm chapter 2, there's something said about this, but in Psalm 2, it proclaims that although the world is in rebellion, God is still on the throne. God is still on his throne and he points the world to his son whom he appointed to rule the world. And listen to this, with a rod of iron and shatter them like earthen were. And see, we now know that that is what will happen in the last days. That first Jesus had to come as described in Isaiah chapter 53 as the suffering servant to die for our sins on the cross. And the Jews just, they didn't understand that. They thought that when he came the first time that he would come with that rod of iron, that he would shatter the Gentiles. They saw this Jesus dying on the cross and they basically said, this can't be it. This can't be the guy. He's not ruling the world with any rod of iron. He was killed by the world. So you can sort of see, you can understand this idea, how the idea of a crucified Messiah just doesn't make any sense to them. They can't wrap their heads around it. The Messiah was coming to rule, not, not to die. They stumbled over the message of a Christ crucified. And the, the Jews, they rejected the cross because it was not what they expected from the Messiah. But you also have the non-Jews, like the Romans. And they thought it was foolish 
2, allow me to read a verse here. It's from Acts 26 and verse 24. Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you mad. Foolishness. You can just imagine the response of the Romans. See, Rome worshipped power. Rome was power. It was a powerful empire. They served a god of war. So of course they scoffed at this too. They laughed at it. Offering them the gospel of a man whose country they held in bondage and whose supposed leader they had nailed to a cross and killed. Of course, it was foolishness. And we see an example of their attitude in the verse that we have just read. And this was when Paul was on trial before King Agrippa and Portius Festus, the Roman procurator, the governor of Judea. And Paul, he's sharing his beliefs with them. And then they respond with this. You're out of your mind. And to so many Romans, it was just, it was, it was just foolishness to them. That's what they thought. This message, it doesn't make sense. And as we, as we touched on earlier, to Jews, a stumbling block. To Gentiles, foolishness. And church, today as well, the cross is still a stumbling block. And it's, and it's foolishness to many people today too. We read when people say things like, how could you... How could some man dying on a cross 2,000 years ago do anything to save us today? And you've seen where several critics have written that the God of the Bible, he, he, he's strange to want to see his own son pierced through with nails and impaled on a cross. They despise the idea of salvation through the cross as barbaric and they assert that it has no place in our modern intellectual world. Today, people consider the masses of the cross foolishness because they don't believe in God. They reject the, the, the holiness. They reject the deity of Jesus. They deny the truthfulness of scripture and they refuse what Christianity offers. But what was Paul's point in all of this? What does it really mean to us today? Because you know what? It is something. It's something that, that can seem almost like foolishness. Until you understand exactly what it is that that death on that cross by that man did. Until you understand that. So church, what is the message of the cross well, the message of the cross is a message of crucifixion. And that's not a pretty picture. It's crucifixion was, it, it was horrible. It was, church. It was a horrible way to die. It was a death reserved for criminals, for the worst people, for murderers. It was a death reserved for the worst of society and and we we see the cross differently sometimes it's like a we see this kind of sanitized view we see we have jewelry and we have paintings and with pictures in our homes and there's images on pulpits and in churches communion tables and on buildings but this is because the cross is central to our faith but we shouldn't forget what it was what it meant that Christ would die in that way. It meant that he would fulfill what he said he was going to do. And, and Christ had to die in that way. So don't forget what the cross is. And church, the message of the cross is a message of willing sacrifice. A criminal rarely, if ever, surrenders themselves. And, and if they do, they're, they're, they're getting a plea. They're bargaining a better deal. 
It's very, very rare that somebody surrenders themselves so they can be executed. They, the run from consequences of lawlessness, they are hunted, that they're caught, they're captured, and their punishment is appropriate and deserved. Jesus was innocent. He was a willing sacrifice. And Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus' death, it was voluntary, and he gave himself up. Church, the message of the cross is a message of salvation. The gospel is God's power under salvation. The gospel means the good news. The good news is that God loves you, that God cares about you, and he wants you to be saved. See, since man is a sinner and cannot save himself, God sends his perfect son to the cross. He sends him to the cross to shed his sinless blood on the cross, and it's for our salvation. It's so we can have a relationship with him. It's so we can say, my God. The center of the gospel is the cross. And that's why Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. It doesn't matter if it seems foolish. It's truth. In church, we preach truth. It's the message of God's love, his mercy, his grace. We sang today that his mercy is more. It's stronger than darkness. It's new every morning. And again, church, you know what? That isn't true if Christ doesn't die on the cross and doesn't rise again. But because he does, he's stronger than darkness. He's stronger than death. And his mercy, it is new every single day. He affirms what has been said. We know that it's true. It's through the blood of the cross that my sins are washed away. When I believe in Jesus, when I repent of my sin, when I confess my allegiance to him and I'm baptized into Christ, the cross makes baptism, it's more than just a ritual. It's meaningful, it's significant. And Paul put it this way, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Of three more, church. The message of the cross is a message of reconciliation. Through the cross, I'm no longer estranged. I'm not a stranger. I'm not unwanted. I'm not abandoned. Through the cross, I'm no longer estranged from God. I'm no longer an alien. As was said this morning, I'm no longer an enemy. Through obedience to the gospel, the cross, it brings me back into a right relationship with God. It produces peace that surpasses understanding and it provides an ongoing fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is all, this is all truth. This is all taken from his word. The message of the cross is a message of inclusion. See, what the cross does is it broke down barriers between Jews and Gentiles. Male and female, rich and poor, slave and free. It broke down those barriers. No matter how sinful your past life, you can be cleansed, justified, sanctified through the blood of the cross. And church, 
The message of the cross is a message of hope. Praise God that the message of the cross is a message of hope. And above the doors as you walk in, and on the many bus outside, and on the side of the van, you'll see that this church is called Living Hope. And that's because our hope is alive. Yes, Christ died on a cross, but church, he most absolutely rose from the dead. He is a living hope. In a world that is filled with discouragement and despair, we discover the good hope of the gospel. A blessed hope, a better hope, a living hope that's rooted in the resurrection of Christ. Rooted in the resurrection of Christ from the dead that offers redemption for our sins. And it offers a heavenly home. It offers eternity. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb, church. He rose from the grave. He has victory over sin, over death. And no matter what challenges we face, we are given a new life, a purpose-driven life. And we are reminded every Sunday as we gather around the table, as we take communion, we're reminded of the power of the cross. As we worship together, we're reminded of the power of the cross. Thank God for Christ and the wonderful, the wonderful saving message of the cross. The message that we have to share today, church, it is a message of hope. And, and we, sing, we, sing, we sing songs, we worship together. And we're going to close with a song that expresses all that happened on the cross, but expresses the hope that we have in it and knowing how deep our Father's love is for us, that he would send his son to die on the cross for us. But church, in that tomb, he would not stay because Jesus is alive. Amen. Thank you, church. Church, you're going to stand and join us as we worship. Deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son to make a wretch His
into us new God that we can come this morning we can lay down our old life and have new life new life that is greater and more abundant than we could ever think or dream or imagine God not because of what we have done Lord but because of what your son did on the cross for us be with us as we go our ways in Jesus name Amen